welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Parsha Jr. Bringing you a solo episode today. I'm five days out right now from having completed my first ever marathon. And I've talked about it a little bit over the past few months as I was training for this thing. And actually, we're, I was supposed to run the Pittsburgh Marathon, but it got canceled. So a friend of mine and I, my training partner and I, just neighbor who lives a couple doors down, who's, who I've talked about him as part of my environment of excellence, somebody who's definitely pushed me along the way, we decided to uh, make our own course here in Charlottesville. And uh, and we did it. We ran it. We, we did our marathon. And it was extremely hard. It was excruciating. I actually felt much better during some of my training runs than I did during the actual run itself, the actual marathon. So I think we went out a little bit fast, but man, you just live and learn. And you learn through doing something like this, the unique challenges that learning something new provides you. And uh, and I learned just a lot about my body, a lot about the sport of running, like distance running that I didn't just didn't know before, right? So anyway, did that. So why did I do that, right? Why did I decide to finally run a marathon? Well, it was for the longest time a limiting belief of mine. I just didn't believe that I had it in me to run a marathon. I didn't think that I was built to be a distance runner. I just thought to my that the gym is just not a distance runner, right? And my my running partner, even even with running with him, he's tall and super skinny, just built like a runner, and I'm a little stockier and and uh, have a little more upper body girth to myself. So uh, uh, I always just felt like maybe I'm not built to be a runner. I'm probably, I've always been on the skinnier side myself, but just uh, for some reason, I, I hated running because, uh, not for some reason, here's the reason why I hated running. It was planted as a seed in my mind many, many moons ago when I was a young wrestler, middle school, high school starting, and, and I had to lose a little bit of weight, you know, a few pounds here, a few pounds there for wrestling. So we throw a plastic suit on and go for a run, or I would throw a plastic suit on and go for a run, lose a few pounds and make weight. And that was a miserable process. Thankfully, that is much less prevalent these days in the sport of wrestling for there's just, I mean, you're not allowed, they're actually, you're actually not allowed to wear those plastic suits anymore. And then there's all kind of hydration tests and whatnot that have to, um, you have to pass to, to be able to make a certain weight. Anyway, that was, those were my first experiences with running and from there on out, I just believe that I'm I'm not a good runner. I can't run. I hate running. I'd always get bored. I just always would think about is like how long this is taking. And about five years ago, I decided like I want to stop telling myself that story. So I made a commitment. Right. I've talked about this before. How to actually you know break limiting beliefs and and how to think things happen in your life. And one of them is make a commitment. So I actually signed up for a marathon or a half marathon. And that was five years ago, ran a half marathon, 13.1 miles, felt very comfortable doing that and uh, working up my my training up to the 13 mile mark. It was great. And, and just really, you know, got to the point where I said, you know what, if I can do a half marathon, I can definitely do a marathon. But it wasn't the right timing for me. So um, there's sometimes when you know that you're, you're delaying something because you're procrastinating, and you have to really catch yourself. But I've been mindful enough to know over the last five years that I'm not delaying running a marathon because I just don't want to do it. I'm delaying it because I want to put my extra bandwidth into building my business, which I did, got me to this point, which I knew I was going to get to at some point, getting to this point where I'm, I'm running you know, in, in business full-time for myself. And I knew that as soon as I could do that, that I would put 
a marathon on my calendar. Well, left my full-time job last September. Uh, about a month later, I had already planned to do a Spartan race. So finished the Spartan race. And as soon as that was over, put a marathon on calendar and began training for it. And this was just another commitment to face this limiting belief that I had. And we did it. We actually cut the training program. It was a 16-week training program. We cut it three weeks short because we just wanted to get this thing done. We did our longest training run at 20 miles a couple of weeks prior. And, uh, and we, uh, we mapped out our course, did our marathon. And uh, man, just so proud that I, that I did it. Went through a lot of pain and suffering to complete it. Got it done in just under four hours. Uh, my goal was about 15 minutes faster than that, 345, uh, but didn't make that. But Nevertheless, I am uh, now a marathoner. So limiting belief, broken, right? Done. I broke it. Uh, I, you know, had a, a an accountability partner. Uh, I made a plan. I, you know, leveraged people who are smarter than me about this, right? I went to uh, my chiropractor and then also the local sort of uh, running shop, Ragged Mountain Running Shop with a guy named Mark Lorenzoni. He's just the man in Charlottesville when it comes to running. And uh, talked to him uh, as well as one of his staff members about some knee pain. Turned out it was IT band syndrome. Uh, they gave me some you know, some new shoes and just taught me a little bit about some different stretches and lo and behold, the pain went away and I was able to finish my training. The pain came back here and there a couple of different times, but uh, it was just sort of part of the training. But anyway, leverage people who were smarter than me, who knew more than me. Um, my training partner, he's just more of a runner than myself anyway, just has always put in more miles than me. So learned some things from him. A friend of mine, Travis Macy, who I had on the podcast back in episode 52. And by the way, no, I don't have all of my podcast episodes memorized. I just had to look that up as I thought of Travis's name. So, and edit it, edit it out probably 10 seconds or five seconds while, uh, while I was looking that up. But anyway, uh, episode 52, I interviewed Travis Macy. He's an ultra endurance athlete and one of the best in the world at what he does. Got in touch with Travis a couple times about some issues that I was having. I bonked one time in one of my training runs. He's like, yeah, man, you got to boost up your nutrition and start eating fuel during your runs. And so that's uh, those are some of the things that I put in place, and I made the commitment, paid the money, and started training, and then we got our money refunded when they canceled it. But I had still, you know, gotten to the point where I was, you know, eighteen miles in on my training runs, and uh, and and we did it. I did this also with swimming about twelve years ago. I was never a swimmer, and I just thought, you know, I'm I'm not a swimmer. I can't swim that well for whatever reason. Well, I never really learned how to properly swim, how to do a crawl or freestyle or crawl swim, and so I. This was about, like I said, about 12, actually probably 14 years ago. It was right before Jesse, my 14-year-old, was born. So I ran this. I committed to a triathlon. I just signed up for a triathlon. I'm like, I'm going to do a triathlon. And it was a three-quarter mile swim, about 1,200 meters, I think it was, about three-quarters of a mile swim. And literally the first time I jumped in the pool, after I'd signed up for this thing, it was a 25-meter pool. And I swam 25 meters, and I came up like a drowned rat. I was coughing and spitting and choking. I'm not, not even, no exaggeration, 25 meters. And again, leverage somebody who is smarter than me, our old, um, my old UVA wrestling, uh, he was the volunteer assistant coach. Now he's a, he's just a, a great swimming coach. He's like the best swimming, you know, youth swimming coach in Charlottesville, uh, JJ Bean. So I went to JJ. I said, JJ, listen, uh, I can't swim. Any any tips, tactics, and so he helped me, gave me some pointers. Uh, there was a like a, a ten year old boy in the a lane right beside me, and he was just lapping me. And I asked him some questions, you know, humbled myself, put my you know went with the the beginner's mind mindset, and 
this little dude helped me. And, uh, and lo and behold, six weeks later, uh, I freestyled, you know, crawled the entire swim and didn't, you know, without, without a break in it. So it was, uh, it was just another limiting belief broken, but now we go into this COVID-19 thing that we're all dealing with, at least as of the recording of this. Um, and even if you're listening to this after everything is cleared up and everything's hunky dory, we still face limiting beliefs. Like there will be something that shows up either, you know, in the, in the world at large or in your community or in your home or with you personally that will elicit limiting beliefs from you. And here's how it went for me. Everything gets shut down. The economy gets shut down. And the very first week of the sort of quarantine or the shutdown, I lost about a month's worth of revenue that was supposed to come in. I canceled events, clients who didn't come on board, a couple clients dropped off. And it was like, uh oh, like this is real. This is scary. And I went through some real anxiety for a few days. And I don't know, I, I imagine I've felt some true anxiety before, but I feel like I'm, 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 a, I'm, I do uh, pretty well when it comes to stuff like that, you know. Um, but, but man, I re- really felt some anxiety. I was getting nauseous, and I was like, "Why am I nauseous?" I'm like, "Maybe this is anxiety," <laughs> you know. And, and so it was scary. And I realized that there was a mindset that I was falling into that was that was creating this anxiety, and that was going to create my my demise. And I was aware of it, and that mindfulness, the the awareness of that allowed me to identify what was going on and then change my mindset. And I talk about how to have this cognitive conversion, right? This switch, this changing of your mindset at a fundamental level. Uh, I talked about how to do that back in episode 139. So I would definitely recommend checking that out. That's an action item that I will have at the end of this podcast. Uh, this episode will be to go back and listen to episode 139 on what is a cognitive conversion and how can I do that? Well, I changed, I, I went through this process myself of go having myself a cognitive conversion and I changed my mindset to thinking about opportunity. I mean, literally, I remember I was in the shower when I sort of had this light bulb moment. I was like, Jim, like, where's the opportunity in this? I mean, it's kind of an absurd question to ask yourself, but I was like, I'm going to ask this absurd question. And I asked, where's the opportunity? Like, truly, where is the opportunity? And I said to myself, you know, gosh, I'm, I am uniquely positioned to serve here. So how can I serve the world? And how might that put food on the table, right? How might that help me pay my bills? And I realized that there's an opportunity here to serve. Now, uh, the world needs me. I'm uniquely qualified in this way to serve. And I started seeing opportunities. And the opportunities have been just coming at me ever since faster than I can, to be honest, take advantage of them and, and really serve the world as best I can. So I'm managing that process right now, right? Managing the process of you know, really giving as much as I can uh, and, and leveraging these opportunities, not only for the benefit of the world, but for the benefit of, of my business and my family. And how does, what does that process look like? Well, it, it starts with this, identify the belief, identify, like catch yourself, be mindful of that limiting belief. And let me point something out here. It may not feel like a limiting belief to you. It may just feel like something that you know is true, right? The economy is tanking. I lost a bunch of business. Therefore, 
X, right? Something that you know is true. If A and B, then C. Well, that's what I thought too. And that's what a lot of others have thought. If you can look back through history, like building a flying machine, that can't happen. That was once a limiting belief. It was just thought to be something that was true, but it turns out, oh, that was actually just a limiting belief. There was the four-minute mile, right? That was something that was believed to be true, that you couldn't, a human body could not run a four-minute mile. Whoops, uh, I guess we were wrong on that one too, right? Jim Harshaw can't run a marathon. Whoop, wait, wait a second, limiting belief broken. Like maybe yours is you're not good enough or smart enough or you don't have the education or the connections or the background or whatever it is to do X, right? Even if you're like really successful at something. I know there's people who are professional athletes and Olympians and CEOs who are listening, sitting there right now listening. You know, maybe you're wealthy, maybe you're elite at something, but you also have a limiting belief or limiting beliefs. And it sounds something like this. I can't seem to blank because blank, right? Fill in those blanks. I can't seem to get enough done because there's not enough time in the day. Right? Whatever that limiting belief is for you, I can't seem to run long distances because I'm just not built for it. Right? Now, here, now, here's the second question. Right? So first, you have to identify that limiting belief. And again, it might just feel like something that you know is true. Right? It's just a truth as far as you know. The second question is, okay, what is some objective supporting evidence that you're right? What is some objective supporting evidence that you are right? Okay, for me in the marathon thing, it was... It was I've never liked running. I've struggled at running. I actually went out for cross country my senior year in high school. Didn't do, didn't do very well. I'm being nice to myself. I did terribly at it. Uh, there was a couple of my wrestling teammates who were on, on the cross country team. And I was like, man, I can beat these guys in the wrestling mat. I'm going to be able to beat them on the, on the race course, right? Well, no, like they blew me away. So there's some objective supporting evidence that I'm right. Jim can't run long distances. I used to go running with my, uh, when I was the assistant wrestling coach of Virginia, the head wrestling coach, Lenny Bernstein, uh, he and I would go on runs at lunch sometimes and it would just suck. He would take me on like three or four mile runs and I would just struggle through it. Okay. More evidence that you're not built for running, but these other people are right. Um, okay. What's some objective supporting evidence that you're wrong. Okay. So this is the third question. Question number one is identify the, what's the limiting belief. Number two is objective support. What's the objective supporting evidence that you're right. And what's some objective supporting evidence that now you're wrong. Okay. Well, okay. Here's some objective supporting evidence that you're wrong, Jim, that you actually can potentially run long distances. Okay. Um, well in the team runs when I was at Virginia, I was actually, I actually finished towards the top, never won the team runs, the three or four or five mile runs, but I would always finish near the front. What else? Whenever I was on the cross country team in high school, I was also uh, training for wrestling, right? That was just cross country was just something I was doing to, to stay in shape for wrestling. And cross country is a fall sport. And I would, I was going to wrestling practice afterwards. I wasn't just focusing on, on running while my teammates were. Uh, okay, so there's some more objective supporting evidence that uh, maybe you're just wrong about this, right? I ran a, uh, a half marathon. Okay, um, okay, well, maybe there's some more objective evidence that you're wrong, Jim, right? Now, here's the fourth question. What is a more balanced view? What's a more balanced view of this limiting belief? Okay, here's the more balanced view. You have achieved big things, athletic things like wrestling, becoming an all-American wrestler, physically, you know, an extreme physical test of endurance, especially when you're wrestling multiple matches in a day and you're 
purely exhausted. Uh, you've done, you know, so you've done physically hard things before. Uh, every time you train for running, you seem to get better at it. It's like, it just sucks to train for it, right? You maybe don't enjoy it, but, but maybe you just haven't given yourself a chance, right? So these, this is a more balanced view that maybe you actually can do this if you just give yourself a chance, Jim. Right. If you surround yourself with the right people, if you get in the right environment of excellence, if you make the commitment, if you train for it, if you if you make this a priority, if you choose to make this a priority, maybe you can actually do this. Right. That's called cognitive restructuring. Cognitive restructuring is part of a having a cognitive conversion, part in part of the shift in mindset. Okay. So let me give you an example. Let me give you another example. Just walk through these four questions real quick. Uh, identify a limiting belief. Um, okay. The economy is going in the tank. The world economy is getting shut down. This COVID-19 virus is, is going through the, you know, through our world like wildfire and there, and I lost a bunch of money. And so therefore, um, so therefore I, my business is going to suffer. That's the limiting belief. My business is going to suffer, right? Objective supporting evidence that you're right. Okay, so I just kind of talked about a bunch of that. You know, the, the economy is getting shut down. I lost a bunch of business already. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other businesses losing money. That's objective supporting evidence that, you know what? This is not a limiting belief. This is actually truth. Okay, what is some objective supporting evidence that you're wrong? Okay, there are probably some businesses who are going to be really successful, there are probably some opportunities out there that I just haven't seen yet. There are some companies who are still going to hire me. There are some individuals who are still going to and going to be capable of hiring me. There are some industries who are actually doing better. There are many industries who are doing just fine or, or about the same, even though there are many, many industries that are suffering. Right? So maybe you can focus on these ones who are impacted less or the ones who are even having a uptick, right? Because of whatever it is that they do, right? Is, is, uh, is a positive in this economy. All right, so what's a more balanced view? Well, you're uniquely positioned to serve. You can help people. There's business to be had out there. Uh, all you have to do is make a pivot and identify a different way of delivering. Oh, okay, maybe I can do like these Zoom team talks, well, I started doing that, and I've, I've done these with now multiple departments at the University of Virginia. I've done them with the University of Texas. I've done them with Hartford Funds. I've done these with Edward Jones Advisors. I've done these with Berglund Auto. They have 14 dealerships across the state of Virginia and their leadership and um, Chesterfield County Public Schools. Like all these, all these opportunities have now come to light where like, I can provide services through Zoom. And it's a needed service because there are all these teams who are working remotely. They need a boost. They need some positivity. They need to understand how to approach a time of uncertainty. And they want concrete action items, not just some, some fluff and motivation. And then they get off the call and they go back to, their, to the world that, was, you know, that, they, that existed before that. No, I want to change their minds a little bit and give them some actual things that they can do, some practical advice and actionable things. And, and I've been doing this and serving the world. And it's been amazing. It's been incredible. Um, so this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity that has come among this uncertainty. And it started with a limiting belief and breaking that limiting belief. So this is the power of the cognitive conversion. This is the power of questions. 
I interviewed Tim Ferriss here recently, and it's going to be published here in a few weeks. And one of the things that we talked about was how he gets outsized results. And he was very clear, and I've heard him talk about this before when I interviewed him. He said, it's not, it's not about my hustle. He's like, if you looked at my day, you would say, how does this guy get anything done? He's like, talked about, he's like, I'll procrastinate and go take my dog for a walk for the third time that day just because like, I want to procrastinate, right? He gets outsized results, not because he's grinding and hustling, and certainly there are times when he does. I know that. I know he goes into his like monk mode when he's just writing his books and that sort of thing, but he's not getting outsized results because of effort because that's, that's a limited resource, right? There's only so many hours in the day. It's like, what do you do with those hours in the day? And how do you get outsized results? Well, you ask, like I said earlier, absurd questions. Like an absurd question is, what's the opportunity in this? Where is there opportunity to serve the world and to build your business, to do, to do good for the world and to do good for your family? Like, where's the opportunity? That's kind of a silly question, right, Jim? We got other things to worry about here. Well, well maybe, that, maybe that's worth entertaining just for a moment. If we can suspend our belief and other things, can we just entertain that question for a moment? Here are some questions that Tim Ferriss asks. Questions like, how do I achieve my 10-year goals in six months? As a matter of fact, I did a whole episode on that question, episode 197, if you want to go back and give that a listen, episode 197. How do you achieve 10-year goals in six months? How do you compress the time frame of achieving what you want to achieve? Here's another one that that Tim talked about in the podcast. He said, uh, what would this look like if it were easy? What would this look like if it were easy? That's That's an absurd question. You have to suspend your belief for just a moment to think about that. Here's another one. What if... What if I could only work two hours per week? What would I do? Absurd question. Silly question. But you know what? When you ask that question, you come up with solutions and answers that you wouldn't otherwise come up with. If you ask the question, what if I could only work 30 hours a week instead of 40 or 40 instead of 50, you're not going to come up with the same answers. Then you would if you asked the absurd question of what if I could only work two hours per week? What would I do? And there's actually a link, there's an article that he referenced, uh, a blog post, and I'll I'll actually put that blog post in the action plan. It's one of Tim Ferriss's blog posts where he has a bunch of these questions listed. And um, it's 17 of them, actually, that that are sort of these mindset, you know, limiting belief breaking kind of questions. So I'll have that in the action plan. You can go to jimharsherjr.com slash action and download the action plan from this episode or any other episode, you know, episode 197 on 10 year goals in six months or episode 139 on the cognitive conversion. Um, You can grab the action plans if you don't want to listen to those. You can just grab the the PDF action plans from those uh, episodes as well. Uh, If you go to that jimharsherjr.com slash action. So we talk about these absurd questions. So what can you do right now? Like, what's the opportunity? What's the, how, how do you move forward with this concept of like identifying opportunities amidst the fear and uncertainty that no doubt you're facing at some level? Here's what you can do. You can force yourself to identify 10 opportunities, 10 opportunities, even if they're bad ideas, just write them down or say them out loud. I did this. Here's the best one. Serve. How can I serve? I can serve. Like, this is an idea. How can I serve? Like, like Jesus, right? <laughs> you know, in my world, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, building my brand and my following and my audience and getting more listeners, et cetera. Like, 
like Jesus built a heck of a brand on that, right? Serving. <laughs> I mean, his book, he was like talking about a bestseller, you know? Uh, he like sold more books than uh, the top 10 combined books, books of all time combined. <laughs> I mean, I think he hit the speaking circuit after that. His social media blew up, his TikTok. Like, serve, serve. Who else do you need to get better advice for role modeling from than, than Jesus? Like, serve. How can you serve? Like, who do you, okay, okay, Jim, who? Who are you talking about, Jim? Well, maybe your boss. Okay, maybe, oh, Jim, I'm furloughed. Or Jim, I'm, I got laid off. Or Jim, I'm afraid I might lose my job here soon. Or Jim, I'm working 12-hour days right now, right? Things got busier for me. And listen, everybody is affected differently. You and the next listener and the next listener, every, you, all of you are affected differently, right? Some of you have kids at home. Some of you don't. Some of you have ailing family members. Some of you don't. Some of you have lost family members. Some of you haven't. Some of you have gotten busy. Some, some of you have gotten slower. Some of you are sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. Some of you are, are cranking out 12 and 14 hour days. But if you're looking for how you can serve, if, if you're looking for the opportunity and if you want to look at the opportunity of serving, you can say, how do I serve? Like, how do I serve my boss? Like if you've got more bandwidth or if you want to look for an opportunity, how do you serve your boss? How do you know, who do you think is going to get the next promotion, Right. The person who's sitting back twiddling their thumbs or the person who is, is just hunkered down and, and taking care of only themselves or the person who's, who's trying to step up and help the boss, right? Even if your, your help for your boss is like, hey, how can I help? Or, hey, what's, uh, what's keeping you up at night right now? You know, just having a conversation, right? Maybe it's providing uh, resources, right? Who else can you serve? Uh, colleagues, your colleagues, you know, can you bring them humor? If you're doing like weekly Zoom Staff meetings, right? Can you bring a little bit of humor to each one of those, right? Or can you just check on a couple of individuals? Just send them a text, send them an email, do an individual Zoom, you know, with somebody. Uh, can you curate a list of tools that will help people work more efficiently? By the way, I love the tool uh, Loom, L-O-O-M, use loom.com. is such an awesome tool, and I've actually recommended that to some people here recently, and they've, they've just loved it. Uh, it's a way you can record a screencast super easily, just record yourself clicking around a screen to demonstrate something, or you can just use the, 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 webcam, the webcam view, and it just records you, and then as soon as you're done recording the video, uh, you just click done, and the link is already copied into your, uh, your clipboard, and you just paste it into an email or a tweet or whatever and send it out. But that's, you know, can you curate a list of tools and, and share it with your, your teammates? Can you pick up that ball that no one else seems to be picking up right now? The one that everybody's kind of kicking down the road or, or kicking to somebody else. Can you pick the thing up and do something with it? And listen, serving is, is fulfilling too. It's not just about them. You know, this, you know many, many people have lost like a sense of purpose. But when you serve, you regain that sense of purpose. Right, I actually had this conversation with a, a leader client of mine recently. I actually shared that tool, uh, the Loom tool that I just talked about. And this individual utilized that, created a Loom. We talked about their, their sort of loss of purpose because this individual is not going into work every day and serving their, their staff. And we talked about Loom. And this individual then created a Loom video, sent it out, and their staff was just just, you know, happy to get this. And, and it was super easy for her and gave this individual, just gave her a chance to, to lead and live out her core values. Cause we had already done the work on core values and, 
you know, leadership and service were among those. And, and this was another opportunity for her. So anyway, those are opportunities to serve. Now, thinking about this a little bit, the way we're talking about, the way I'm talking about it is, is, is a little bit controversial, right? There's a tweet that went out and went viral where it says this. It says, and I'll have the hyperlink to this tweet in the action plan again. So anyway, if you want to read this for yourself and read some of the responses, it says, if you don't come out of this quarantine with either one, a new skill, two, starting what you've been putting off like a new business, or three, more knowledge, then you didn't ever lack the time, you lacked the discipline. Ouch, right? And there, this, this is controversial because the first response that I'm seeing below it says, uh, some of us are working from home and have children. If we come out of this sane, we are awesome. <laughs> and that's true. They're both true. Which one's right? They're both right. You know what this guy's talking about when he writes this tweet. is like, listen, if you have more bandwidth, put it towards a new skill or starting something you've been putting off or getting more knowledge. Now, there's an article written It's called A Trauma Psychologist Weighs In on the Risks of Motivational Pressure During the Quarantine. And this author goes on to berate this guy, beat this guy up, because it's it's pushing people too hard. And you know what? It does. And, And it's true. There are some people who, this is not a relevant tweet for everybody. The article's more relevant, right? Because there's fear, there's uncertainty. The article doesn't tell us how to take action amongst, you know, amid this uncertainty. It just talks about the fear and we have to allow for that. And it's true. That article is right. We have to allow for, for the fear and the uncertainty and give grace to those who are dealing with it, maybe more so than you, but we can't, you know, hide in the corner in the dark forever. We, we have to take action, right? If you're, if you're dealing with fear and uncertainty, what can you do to put some certainty in your life? Even if it's even if it's creating a routine, a morning routine, right? Even if it's reading a book, just reading a book that you would enjoy. So these, this controversial tweet and this controversial article, like neither one is right, neither one is wrong. How do you interpret them? That's, that's what's right. So think about both sides of this, right? Think about the intent of the tweet. Get motivated, take action, do something if you have more bandwidth. Think about the intent of the article. Give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up. This is a fear, time of fear and uncertainty for a lot of people, probably all of us at some level. So still, what is the opportunity? Can you show your boss that you can be more productive from home? Can you spend more time with your kids? Can you use that commute time that you're not using right now to read a book or to meditate or to journal or to serve, like I said above? So you have some opportunities, regardless of your scenario, regardless of your situation, there are opportunities. If you suspend your beliefs just for a moment and allow yourself to consider that thought, it will open your mind and open your eyes to the opportunities that are out there. So what are your action items here? Write down 10 opportunities. Write down 10 opportunities, good ones, bad ones, indifferent ones, right? Write them all down. And you're going to come up with some good ones there, I promise you. And even if the bad ones, there might be 5% good idea in there. And you can look at that 5% and expand upon that. Okay, 10 10 opportunities for you right now. Which one or two can you take action on? All right, number two, listen to episode 139 and get the action plan. JimHarshaJr.com slash action. Also listen to episode 197. I'd say that's sort of secondary to 139. 139 is about the cognitive conversion. 197 is about how to achieve your 10-year goals in six months. 
compressing that, uh, compressing that time frame. And then another one is ask yourself the cognitive conversion questions. I'm gonna have those in the action plan, okay? And that's, again, jimharshawjr.com slash action. Ask yourself the cognitive conversion questions. What's a limiting belief? Again, it might feel like the truth. What's supporting evidence that I'm right? What's supporting evidence that I'm wrong? And what's a more balanced view of this? Lastly, action item, let's jump on a call. If you want to open your mind to opportunities, if you want to break down limiting beliefs of your own, you and I can have a conversation. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply and grab a time on my calendar. You'll see times available, time slots available. They're limited. Not all, not all my times are open there, um, but there are limited time slots. You and I can jump on a 30-minute call to break down some limiting beliefs that you have for yourself. If you've gotten any value out of this, please give this a share. Give it a retweet. Give it a like. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a, uh, a rating and a review on iTunes. Those things help. This always grows. The podcast grows from you. And that's truly how this grows. Text one person. Share this with somebody. Say, hey, just go to jimharshawjr.com slash 245 and listen to this episode. You're going to love it. So give it a share, give it a like, give it a retweet, please. I uh, appreciate the support. And as always, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. Thank you.